Welcome back to Live, Laugh, Lorazepam. This week, we're really excited to have a special guest with us. Um, From season one, you might remember Billy joined us for an interview, and today we are super excited to welcome his wife, Alicia, to the mic. Hello! I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for for joining us. Um, Thanks for having me. So as a reminder, since we only did it at the end of Billy's episode, Billy and my husband, Phil, are cousins, <laughs> and yes. Alicia is married to Billy, and I'm married to Phil, and Alicia and I have become friends, and we have a group chat called the Anxious Wives Club. <laughs> we do. I just heard about this, and I love this. I'm not a wife, but I'm anxious. I will add you to it. <laughs> just, just the two couples and Julie. Anxious Wives and Julie. And I live down the street from the other another cousin, so yeah. I'm included. You're basically in the family. I, yep. Who do you live down the street from? I don't know. Who do I live Megan. down the street from? Oh, I feel like I knew that. One of my friends also lives down the street from Megan. Which is well, it was, we left a family party one time. We drove to Julie's house thinking we were like, oh, she's on the way home. And actually, she's like around the corner. Um, and that was really <laughs> weird. It was like a really weird. We were like, your backyards like could touch each other. It's very strange. <laughs> it's a really long street, though. Um, but yes. OK, I'm part of the family. You are. I think I said that in the last episode with Billy, too. Well, now we're just solidifying it. I think you guys joked that you were going to join us for Christmas Eve. I did. So, like, when I walked in at Christmas Eve, I was like, I wonder if Julie's really coming. (laughs) I wish. I should have. Okay, next Christmas Eve, I'll be there. Yeah. I'm just going to need someone to drive me because I'll probably already be drunk at my house. (laughs) You can just walk. It's It's a dangerous street to walk on at night. I'll have to wear I'll come get you. I'll come get you. You're not going to be drunk? I'll wait. Or maybe Phil can, Phil will go get you. We'll have sent, we'll have oh, sent my him dad off. doesn't drink. I'll have him drive me. Um, <laughs> anywho. We- Anyways, we're, we're really excited to have you on with us today. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for agreeing to join us and giving up some time on your weekend. Um, and so I, just to start off, I just want to like ask a few general questions, sort of what has been your experience with mental health and like when did your journey start with that? Um, so my journey really, I would say probably started after I graduated high school, which I feel like Billy probably mentioned in his episode. Um, but I, it was a lot of big life changes all happening at the same time, right? Which is, can be like very triggering to mental health issues. Um, and then it got worse. Um, when I got pregnant, um, at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. Um, so that added like a whole nother layer to it. Um, and so it's been like a long 10 years of a journey. And I think I'm, I'm finally like in a good place now. And like, I'm actually working on it instead of just like lying in bed all day and being like, I can't get out of bed and I don't know why. Yeah. (laughs) I know that feeling very well, but I'm really glad to hear you're uh, you feel you're in a good spot and working on it. Yes, I, I realize that it's it's not just me anymore. Like before, it was easy. I'd be like, oh, it's just me and Billy. Like who cares? But now with our daughter, like I I want to be my best self for her um, because she deserves that. Um, so yeah, I really felt like I needed to take those extra steps and go to therapy and start medication and 
do all that stuff so that I could show up for her um, and be a good mom. I mean, I was just thinking that like becoming a parent is such a huge transitional point in your life anyways, never mind to then add, I don't know, a global pandemic on top of it that like (laughs) I can't even imagine sort of like the normal stressors and then all those extra stressors on top of it. Yeah, yeah, it it was very weird and very bizarre. And I don't know how my pregnancy would have been had it not been in a pandemic. Um, Like, I don't know, like, if my mental health would have been any different. Like, I have no idea because I have nothing to compare it to. So it's, yeah, it was a lot. It was very weird. Did you find that it was sort of like, let me back up. You mentioned that you started noticing that you're having trouble with mental health specifically after high school, which is like, you know, a very, like, I would say self-exploratory time. Like, we're all, where you're growing at that age, you're... It's scary and exciting at the same time. Yeah, and then I imagine, like, I find it difficult to sometimes vocalize what I'm feeling now, like, going into my 30s, never mind, like, trying to explain that when you're, like, 18, 19 years old. Did you find it hard to sort of vocalize what you were feeling and, like, tell Billy or friends about it? No, absolutely. And I, like, I was in such a weird situation where I moved in with my grandparents after high school. So I, like, graduated high school, was basically living on Billy's couch for, like, a week, like, that last senior week of high school, like, leading up to graduation, um, and then moved in with my grandparents and dealt with all of that. Had to, like, deal with getting my license because I got I didn't get my license until after I graduated. I had to get a job. I was going to school, like, in college, which, like, college is totally different than high school. Mm. Um, and I definitely like looking back now I'm like I was so overwhelmed and I didn't know how to ask for help I didn't know who to ask for help because I didn't feel like anyone understood the situation Mm. um you know everyone always says like oh yeah like talk like if you need anything let me know and I'm like but this is weird this is a weird situation like you don't know how to help yeah, you're you like, I don't, don't even know how to help through. myself. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. like they say they offer help. Sometimes <clears throat> open-ended offers are, you're like, well, I don't, I don't know what I'm asking for. So I don't even know. Like you just said help. Like I need a cup of flour or like, no, I need yeah. like actual <laughs> mental health help. <laughs> like I need a therapist. I need a professional. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like I wish I could like go back and like tell myself like, get a therapist tell Billy that you're stressed. I think Billy was probably the only one who knew like how stressed out mm-hmm. I was and the toll it was taking on me. Um, and I kind of just like lashed out at everybody else or like didn't talk at all. <laughs> it was very, um, keep to myself in, in those days. I, um, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> Everyone clear their throat if they need to. <coughs> what is wrong with me? Right, we'll cut this. <laughs> cut, cut. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going. This happens a lot. I was th- so when you were talking about um, lashing out like at everyone else, but you had Billy that was thinking back to his uh, interview when he made me cry because he was like he just wanted to help and like he didn't know how to. Um, and just now hearing from your side, like, I just, I love well, you it's guys. The, it's the people closest to you that, like, that you're with every single day that you live with 
that see the signs and notice things, sometimes even before you notice them, but certainly more than like people outside who like friends and family who don't live with you. And so like, I'm not surprised to hear that like he's the only one that knew sort of a thing. I think it was the same with me and Phil, but you know, I am glad that you at that point were like, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to sort of take charge of this or I need help in a different way. Um, Because I think there's so much about mental health where like, no, I can handle it. Like, I just have to push through it. Or I just need to get over this little thing. And then we yeah. all just think, and, like, it's fine. <laughs> 10 years ago, like, think about, like, when we all graduated high school, like, it, just, like, the, I don't want to say, like, the scene, but, like, the mm-hmm. scene was different. Like, there wasn't as much talking about mental health, you know, there wasn't podcasts like your guys's. Like, there wasn't all, like, the dedicated, like, social media accounts and books and all of this things. Like, it just didn't exist then um and it wasn't talked about as much and I love that it's talked about so much more now um because that's what I needed you know what I mean Um, and that's why I was like so excited to be on your show because I was like yes I want to talk about it (laughs) I would say going like to me in high school I was looking back now I definitely was ashamed because it wasn't talked about because it felt like you had something that no one else had yeah like oh I'm something's Mm -hmm. wrong with me yeah, like, uh, there's a problem. I don't want to share it with everyone. I didn't accept it myself like I do now. But it's so, it's now it's everywhere. And I feel like, I was actually thinking about this on the ride over. There's so many Gen X artists right now that sing about their mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a thing for us. And I'm like, yes. Like, I get, like, even if it's a sad song, I'm like, hell yeah, you're speaking out. You're saying something. And now everyone else can listen to that. Yeah, and be like, oh, I feel that too. Like one song was talking about intrusive thoughts, and I was like, "Well, no, I didn't know that yeah. word in high school." <laughs> yeah, like what? And now they're singing about it, and it's on TikTok, and like it's there. I just, you know, it's become like a thing that now, like we've we've enough people have said it, or we've we've made it sort of. Not, I don't want to say like mainstream, but like the wording and the terminology is now more open, accessible, used. And so now when you say like, oh, I'm feeling a little anxious or I'm feeling, you know, a little depressed right now, I feel like if I said that in high school, it would have been like, whoa, 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 what? Like, that's a big deal. We don't like, what does that mean? Like something's wrong instead of like just being able to have an open discussion about it and say like, no, I think I just need to talk this out with someone or I'm going through this thing. And now I've, I think, I think we've come a long way to destigmatize the conversation, but I think we have a long way to go as well. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Especially, I feel like we've done a lot of work as our generation and the next generation. I feel like we have to take that and get the older generations to see it mm. and be more open about it. Like, we're fine talking about it. I mean, we started talking about <laughs> yeah. it and posting it on Spotify. <laughs> um because we want to make it so more people can be open. Um, but then I talk about it with my father and stuff like that. And it's just not, they don't, he, do, he doesn't get it. And a lot of people his age don't. Or, I mean, I had a conversation with my mom recently um, and she was, we were talking about medication. We were talking about like what's going on, just updating. Um, and I, I had this moment where I had to like explain something about like, okay, just cause you get on medication and start going to therapy, doesn't mean you're magically fixed like that's still a it only gets you so far like it helps you take sort of the the sharp edge off so that you can then use your own coping mechanisms 
to be able to go on with your life and work through it. But like, and at least like I can only speak for myself, but like medication doesn't solve the problem for me. It just makes it more like I can deal with it better. I can handle things a little bit better. I don't get as overwhelmed. Not to say I don't get overwhelmed. I definitely still do. But now I have like the capacity to like take a breath and like, yeah, it gives you like the clarity to like yeah. work through it and realize that, oh, I'm anxious right now or I'm overwhelmed right now. Like, and you can see it like it's not just like yes. taking over you. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that was something that, you know, like I, I I'm not going to put words in her mouth, but like I think that was kind of something that she needed to hear, too, because sometimes when you hear about like, well, why why isn't this person just like better? You know, things were bad. Like, why are they better? And it's like, well, that's that's a journey. <laughs> like, that's like a long journey that's going to continue going on. And the medication, the therapy is the first step. And it's really good that they're there. And now it's up to them to then work through it and find what works for them. But I think that's like a surprise to people of that generation sometimes that like, you have a problem. Okay, then just go fix it. Like, just figure it out. Like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> like, yeah, very I, like cut and dry, black and white. Like, there's no yeah. gray space. I had someone yeah. ask me how long after I was in the hospital did I start to feel better? And because they were asking, trying to get an idea for someone else they knew going through it. And, but I was, they were like expecting me to say like, oh, a month. And I yeah. was like, years? Like, years of work. I'm like, yeah. I wasn't as suicidal. But I still was, and it worked, work, 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 work. I'm like, it's not a magic pill. Like, I didn't just go to the hospital. They changed my meds and was like, no, hey, I'm better. <laughs> I'm so happy now. I'm so happy to be here. Like, I was like, it takes years. And they were, like, shocked. And I'm like, and the, the happy magic. The happy piece of that. The, like, well, why aren't you just, like, happy now? And it's like look, I just want to be okay first. <laughs> like before I'm like <laughs> bursting with joy, I just love to like find a baseline of I'm able to exist like peacefully and then we'll work on joy. <laughs> You're like, I'm like, yeah. working on like learning to breathe. Yeah. Yes. To like feed myself and take care of myself. To get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. We, um, I was going to say, should we jump back into questions? Yeah. So I, I wanted to bring the conversation back to sort of like the, the theme and the topic that you had that we had discussed previously about postpartum depression first. Um, yeah. And would love to get your perspective on, like, were you, when you when you got pregnant, were you already thinking about it? Were you aware of it? Were you nervous about it? And then sort of, like, what was the reality of that going into and then having your daughter? Um, so I was definitely aware of it, but I really was only aware of it because I think Chrissy Teigen – um, weirdly enough, had it with her first child and she like spoke, she had like a whole spread about it in like a magazine or something. Um, so like I knew it was a thing and like, you know, a few celebrities had spoken out about it. Um, and then like some of like the mom Instagrams that I followed, mm -hmm. you know, lightly touched on it. Um, so I was hyper aware of it. And especially because I knew like my, like I, I had not been diagnosed yet. But I knew that, like, I, you know, was, it had some depression and anxieties and all that stuff. Um, so I remember being, like, so nervous about getting postpartum depression um, or having postpartum depression that I was completely overlooking the fact that I was having, like, 
prenatal anxiety. Like, oh, yeah. like I was such an anxious person when I was pregnant. Um, and then like when I had Amelia, it completely flipped into depression. Um, and it was really tough. It was super hard. I started going to therapy um, probably like the last two months of my pregnancy, um, which was hard because that she, her birthday is in January. So like it was like the colder months. So like I couldn't like yeah. really go out and like see my friends or see my family. Like um, Abby knows us. I had a drive-by baby shower. Like Yes. Yeah. Um, we did attend. Yeah, that was the, <laughs> That's awesome. The days of the drive-by baby showers with tents and masks and um so like it was yeah it was it was awesome I was like I remember going to one of my appointments and being like should I even have a baby shower like is it safe for me to have a baby shower like Mm -hmm. am I gonna be okay like are my grandmothers gonna be okay is Billy Phil's grandmother like she was very elderly at the time like if she didn't like is it safe for people to like gather and celebrate this because like I don't feel okay with it and my doctor was like that's totally fine that you don't feel okay with it and you can blame me if you want to and so I fully almost did not have a baby shower I had like three meltdowns about having a baby shower because I didn't want anyone to get sick I was so nervous and so scared about it especially because I was high risk because I was pregnant Mm. because there were so many elderly people like everyone had like their own issues that you know I just like I don't want to do it so I called my grandmother and my grandmother was like, we don't have to do it if you don't want to. And I was like, I really don't want to. <laughs> um, so it literally was just like, I had two baby showers, one with like my side of the family and then one with their side of the family. Um, and my side of the family literally was me, my mom, my grandmothers and one of my aunts. And then we zoomed with everybody else and like everyone like dropped off gifts or sent gifts to my grandmother's house. Aww. And it was like the weirdest freaking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Even now, I'm like, that was so weird. <laughs> um, and, like, looking back on, like, pictures, and, like, it was raining. It was freezing cold. And I'm, like, standing out there, like, with balloons and random people would drive by and be like, what the heck are they doing over there at the corral? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was raining pretty bad, too. I mean, you guys had the tents. Yeah. But I remember being like, wow, the weather did not hold out for us today. <laughs> no favors. Absolutely no favors. Um, but, yeah, and then I had her, and I was just so overwhelmed it's such a weird time in your life and so everyone kept saying you know the first two weeks are the hardest first two weeks are the hardest like after two weeks like we'll get over that hump and like it'll be okay and like it was better but it wasn't okay like it was still very overwhelmed um with everything going on being a new mom Billy only had two weeks of paternity leave so like Mm. then I was and we were living with my in-laws. So, like, it like it was just, like, hit after hit after hit. And it was, like, this is awful. Like, like it's, it's such a hard time. And I hated that, like, I was not going to feel, like, comfortable in, like, my own home. Like, it was my home. I was living there. But yeah. I was, like, it still feels like their house. Right. Um. So, yeah, that was tough. And I went to therapy probably until about April or May. And then it was summertime, and I seasonal depression went away. <laughs> You're like, like, oh, I'm cured. <laughs> I'm fine I now. I can go on walks. I can go. And it was like vaccines were coming out, and it was getting safer. I was like, I can go to Target, and, like, I can do all these things. 
Um, and then we bought our house and that was awesome. And like, I was like really on an upswing. Um, and then it just got bad again. And Billy was like, maybe you should get help. And I was like, yeah, I probably should. Um, and then I follow a pediatric physical therapist on Instagram who's like really great with like milestones and all that stuff because that's what I was anxious about was like is she rolling at the right time is she is she picking her head up enough is she doing this um and she had posted about like her experience with postpartum and she was like this these are really great resources blah 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 and one of them was postpartum support international um which is like a gigantic organization and they literally have like a search tool basically you can put in like your state and your area and what kind of like therapy you need basically and it'll pull up all the therapists in your area that specialize in like postpartum and all that stuff um so I hooked up with my therapist I didn't hook up with my therapist but I got my (laughs) therapist we know you met um and I have been seeing her for over a year now and it's like light years different that's wonderful. Like it's yeah, I love her. She, she has a son that's um like a couple years older than Amelia. Um and she's like certified in all of these like postpartum things that they have to be certified in. Um and she's awesome and it's it's been great talking to her and you know, getting medication that I needed and all of that stuff and she's been a really great resource. And she's actually we live in the same town. Um, and we somehow have not ran into each other anywhere, but we live in the same town. So she is great about being like, oh, they're doing like this kid activity at this place or whatever. She knows what's going on in town. So yeah. um, that's really awesome. That's wonderful. I'm so glad you were able to like. <laughs> I don't know if I answered your question. No, you like did. did. Went on a little bit of a ramble there. But... No, that was perfect because it was like the timeline <clears throat> of the whole, like full circle, the timeline of what went on and like your experiences. And I'm so glad you were able to find that support because I feel like. I, like I don't have any kids and but I feel like I've heard oh yeah postpartum and then that's like the yeah. end of it someone's like oh yeah be careful and then period move on <laughs> and you're like watch what, out <laughs> what do you mean like what's that like what does that feel like what do you like I don't understand because like I think the thing that some people don't understand is it's not just oh you're having a little bit of like a mental health moment like there's so much going on with your body during that time yeah, your hormones are all freaking over the place yeah, and so like and your body hurts and you're, you're healing, sweaty, you're <laughs> healing. You're so it's so sweaty. The I was not prepared for that. I was so sweaty those first two weeks. <laughs> like I would wake up drenched in either sweat or breast milk or both. Like I could not get cool enough when I slept. Oh my gosh, that's uh, so why strange. am I so hot all the freaking time? You're literally having hot flashes. Yeah, like, like your body's your just hormones are still like flopping all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think there's like a there's a psychological and a physiological thing happening, and then the two of those things clashing in the middle, and you're just supposed to like carry on. You suddenly are sleep deprived. You don't see anyone because you're home with this like screaming adorable bundle of joy. But you, like that's a lot to handle without the mental health portion of it and then you add all that into one big mixing pot and women are just expected to bounce back like okay you had your baby you have a few weeks off as if it's a freaking vacation or something and then you're just supposed to bounce back to like no everything's normal now now be 
be regular again, be like normal again. It's like nothing is normal about this. I have nothing is normal. I have two questions. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm dying today. Uh, I have two <laughs> questions uh, that are they're not on the list, but this came up when uh, you were talking. The first one just left my head, so we're gonna go to the second one. <laughs> what were your like? Do you have like? not warning signs, but when it started getting bad again, like any certain like symptoms or uh, like stuff that was going on that you'd want to mention that other moms might be feeling and not realize Um, what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So I had really, really bad mood swings. So I would get irrationally angry at Amelia for being a baby. Like she, she doesn't know how the world works. She doesn't know what's going on. She just knows that she is upset about something. She's experiencing some large feelings. She doesn't know how to handle it, and she wants her mom. And it would be like, I'm trying to do laundry, or I am trying to feed her something, or whatever. And she would just, like, be throwing a fit, and then that would set me off, like, way more than it should have. Like, I would be screaming, I would be angry, and then, obviously, that would make her cry more because mm-hmm. I'm yelling at her. Um, and then I would realize what was going on and I'd be like I'm so sorry and I would just like hold her and calm her down and calm myself down and then like we would just sit here and then I would like be so upset that I got so angry at her yeah because the guilt Um, that follows that oh my god the mom guilt was like awful um and it it just like and I knew it would happen too like if I tried to put her down for a nap and she just didn't want to go for a nap like if she was in like a transitional period where she was going from like three to two or two to one um and she didn't want to nap she would like cry and then I would start crying because I was like I need you to nap because I have plans for your nap I need to shower I need to get ready for work I need to do this and you're ruining that um so yeah the mood swings were probably the biggest push for me to seek professional help because I didn't want it to evolve into anything worse Mm -hmm. um I was really scared of like, what if I, you know, not, not that I would ever, ever in my life want to hurt Amelia because I love her more than anything, but you just go into a blind rage. You don't know what you're doing. Um, And I was like, I never want it to get to that point where I have hurt her. And now like I'm, I'm stuck with like that guilt for the rest of my life. Um, So that was the biggest push and the biggest motivation for me was that and they got better when I first started therapy and then they kind of were getting bad again and I was kind of like just kind of getting into really low moods again and my therapist addressed the medication and I started that and I have not had like obviously I get mad like here and there but nothing to the degree that like what it was Mm. um which I freaking love because I'm I'm like able to kind of see what like we were talking about earlier with medication like it gives you the clarity to see what's going on and like I can breathe through it and I can understand like okay like she's crying because she's two and she doesn't know how the world works like you know she's being a toddler she's not trying to manipulate me she's not trying to make me feel bad like she literally doesn't understand what's going on because she's two um so that was my biggest like push I think was the mood swings and the the worry that I was going to unintentionally hurt her 
I just want to say thank you so much for opening up about that because <laughs> that is one, like I have talked about this before. Um, I am petrified of becoming a parent and I've like shut it out of my, my head because of postpartum depression because I already have so much. Mm. And it's, it's you willing to talk about it that is going to allow people to be parents when they're, they're afraid. I mean, I still don't think I'm going to have kids, <laughs> but I'm sitting here and I'm like, someone just voiced like what my, like, I hear only like, you see posts about it, but you don't hear it from someone who's actually been through it. And now yeah. you're able to enjoy, enjoy being a mom and, and just and take it all in. I'm just very emotional. Oh yeah. Um, but I just want to say <laughs> You're going to make you. me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you and your husband both are trying to make me cry. I don't know how I feel about this. Two people. for two over here. Right? Um... But yeah, I just want to say thank you. Um, and then no, I remembered you. my other question. Oh, perfect. Is, okay. Did your doctors provide follow-ups on you? Because I've seen posts about being like, oh, the baby gets all these checkups, but there's only like one or no checkups for the mom to be like, how are you doing? Um, so I got two checkups. Uh, mind you, Amelia went to the doctor every week after she was born until she hit her birth weight and then once a month until she turned one. So that's wow. that's like at least for like our pediatrician, our situation, that's how much she was seen. I was seen once two weeks postpartum and then I was seen again six weeks postpartum. Um and that was it. Um however that two week checkpoint, no one ever gets that. I like you never see like people saying like they were seen at least twice. Everyone's always like, nope, six weeks. They check you. They tell you you can go have sex again, and that's it. Um, but I got to be seen at two weeks. They, you know, and it was more of you know they didn't like check you know my downstairs area. They didn't do anything like physical. They were just mostly like, how are you doing? Are you breastfeeding? How is breastfeeding going? Like, how is the baby like? How are you handling things? That was like the mental check-in, um, which I really enjoyed. And it was like, I think it was my first time away from her. So like I was stressed about that because I couldn't bring her to any of my doctor's appointments because of COVID. Um, oh, wow. So I was I like terrified that. about that. But my therapist, I like was doing telehealth with my therapist at the time. And she was like, take extra time, like go get yourself a coffee, like just enjoy like it was I think it was like what February at that point like enjoy the time like be okay with she will be fine she like my sister-in-law's had her and they're obsessed with her like she will be fine like go chill you know take this time for yourself and then I went back six weeks later um and saw the midwife who actually delivered Amelia so that was really nice because like she knew the whole situation she knew Amelia um and Again, like they did do a physical checkup then, but she also like checked in on how I was doing with everything else as well um, and gave me like tips on how to deal with things. Um, so that was really nice. I was really lucky. I, I, I know that's not everyone's experience. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, it depends on what hospital you're going to and who your OB is and all of that stuff. But I was very lucky with my whole birthing experience and my like immediate postpartumness. And on, like, my prenatal appointments. Like, they were great. They were awesome. And they would, like, like, they're only 15-minute appointments, but, like, they really do check up on you. Um, and especially, 
in the middle of COVID, they were like, how are you handling things? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, I got two checkups. So I feel like that should be like the bare minimum for like expected moms, you know, I yeah, why does the, I mean, granted, yes, newborn babies, they need all the appointments, but like it's your, you need that care too. And also like you were yeah. doing therapy at the time, which I'm sure was like super helpful on top of the other doctor's appointments. But like, I'm just thinking of other moms who like maybe only get the one doctor appointment and then already don't have something set up for therapy and how many months it can take to get in with a therapist. And like, you need that help right then. Like that's when you yeah. need it right then. It's like immediate, like you can't wait. <laughs> that's why um, they d- I will say though I and I think this is probably across the board for pediatricians every time I took Amelia to the doctor um I would have to fill out a form on how I was doing mm. like oh. am I feeling overwhelmed am I feeling like things are getting on top of me like uh, how many times do I cry a week like all of this stuff like and then the last one was are you feeling suicidal at all and so like I luckily always like got to be like oh, I'm doing great like everything's going well like whatever and anytime it was like a little questionable I'd be like I'm in therapy don't worry yeah um but yeah that was something I had to fill out every single time I went on top of like all the 85 other things you have to fill out when you have a baby <laughs> but um a lot of paperwork <laughs> which yeah lots of paperwork they make you fill it out twice because there's like the my health app and you can log in you can fill out all the surveys but actually, we also need you to fill out a paper copy and then this extra one that has the scary questions on it. Great. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> so I, this is not on our list of questions, but I, I just had a thought, too. In those your comment about, like, going to that doctor's appointment and being away from Amelia for the first time and then, you know, your therapist suggesting, like, get a coffee, take a little extra time. Like, I imagine, and I'm just, like, I can only speak for myself, but, like, I imagine that when and if you know god willing that we have kids I feel like I'm gonna be a little bit of like a control freak and I'm not gonna be able to like be away from my kid or not trust that someone's doing it and someone being my husband doing what I want the way I want it (laughs) and it's funny I was just talking to a friend about it but we were talking about like household chores like oh he cleans the bathroom, but he doesn't clean it the way I do it so like I have to clean it after he cleans it and like I'm not speaking for me that was my friend but I am, I almost am worried that I'm going to do that during like being a parent and that yeah. I'm really, I think my biggest fear about it is like the postpartum stuff is terrifying, but then also like your sense of self and losing yourself in sort of like only being, you the know, mom. The, the mom and like that role is now your entire identity and there's nothing wrong with that. I think I just am like nervous about that, but then also I don't know how I would step away from it because I am such a, no, 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 you're, you're changing the diaper wrong. I'll do it. I'll do it. When I should be able to like trust my partner to like, you know, carry half of at least the weight of taking care of this child that we made together. And I'm, I'm just like, that's something that like, is something that's like a fear of mine going into possible parenthood in that the future. definitely was me, but my therapist at the time, I have a different therapist now, but my therapist at the time was like, everyone has is going to have their own relationship with your child so like i have one relationship with my child billy has another kelly and amy my sister-in-laws have another my mother-in-law has another my mom has like everyone has their own relationship and like when you think about it like yourself like abby like you have one relationship with phil phil has a different Mm -hmm. relationship with his mom you have a different relationship with his mom like we all have 
different relationships with people, even though they're the same people. She was like, they're going to take care of your child differently. And it's not going to be the way you you want it. It's not going to, you know, be to your, maybe it's not going to be to your standard, but your child's going to be taken care of and loved regardless of who's doing it, how they're doing it. She goes, you have to let go of the idea that you're going to have to control everything that everyone does because it's impossible. It's an impossible task. You can't possibly do that. Um, and that definitely made me feel way better. Like just having her explain it to me that way, like, yeah, she is, they're going to take care of her differently because their relationship with her is different. And you and Billy, like, even though you're both her parents and you have spent every single day for the last two weeks together doing this whole thing together, when you have to go somewhere, you have to go to a doctor's appointment or you have to go back to work, he's going to take care of her differently than you do. But she's still going to be taken care of. She's still going to be loved. I think that's, that's a really good way to put it. That's yeah. like fantastic advice. Yeah. But Did it kind of just calm you down? Yeah, like, like, you totally calmed me down right there. That was... <laughs> That's a really interesting way to look at it. Can you speak to the the like sense of self part of that as well? The you know like Absolutely. the role you have. Um, I so COVID rules at the time that I had my baby. I think they're different now. Um, we could not have any visitors in the hospital. Um, uh, we couldn't leave my recovery room wow. for three days. Three days. It was just me and Billy and Amelia in this tiny little room for three days that's so isolating and usually yeah it was extremely isolating and usually like they let you go for walks down the hall like the, you know what i mean like they let you leave the room we couldn't leave the room um so it's extremely isolating in that but also probably the best three days of like my whole postpartum <laughs> experience <laughs> because i didn't have to deal with anyone except nurses and my husband and my daughter and if anything happened and I didn't know how to handle it and I just press a little button and then professional comes in and they're like yep she this is she's spitting up ambiotic fluid that's what you're gonna do oh my gosh <laughs> I didn't know um I would need that like button it. every day that I went home <laughs> can oh I take God. this with me <laughs> like, yeah is she supposed to breathe like that nuts. <laughs> yeah I was like she's she breathing weird she's she sleeping up Billy was so concerned with how much she slept when she was a baby and Kathy, my mother-in-law, was like, that's what they do. They sleep for, like, 18 hours a day. <laughs> They're growing. She's, They're tired. They yeah. sleep, they eat, She's they poop. tired. She just went through a lot. Leave her alone. Um, it was very isolating, and we couldn't have any visitors. So, of course, like, as soon as we got home, everyone wants to come with the baby. And no one, I, at least I felt this way, no one wanted to come see me. Like, they were all like, when can we come see the baby? I want to meet the baby. I want to see the baby. And I was like, I I also went through a major life change. I, I'm doing great here, wearing an adult diaper, <laughs> doing, doing wonders, doing wonders over on this couch. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, thanks for asking how I'm doing. Um, I am I'm sore in places I didn't know I could be sore. But that's it. Um, so I was very frustrated in those first couple months um be, and like it, it is hard I'm gonna sound terrible when I say this I didn't want any freaking visitors because we were still in a pandemic it was January 2021 like yeah. we were very much still in the pandemic there were no vaccines I had a tiny little baby like I 
just went through major bodily trauma. Um, I don't want any fucking visitors. I don't give a crap who you are. I don't care if Joe Biden himself was like, I need to come to your house and meet your child. Sorry, Joe. Get in line. Who you are. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry because I'm laughing. Oh, that is amazing. Uh, you also do not sound terrible for saying that. Like, yeah, no, I'm relatable. I don't even have a baby as an well, excuse. Here's, and I... here's the thing. I was living with my in-laws. So like li- I mean, the day Amelia came home, all my in-laws got to meet her. My mom and my grandmother had to wait a week. My dad didn't meet her for like her first month of life. So, but like, I didn't want them coming over, <laughs> which is like, I don't, it's, I feel like it sounds crappy and like, it's not. Like, I can see it, like, from their perspective, like, oh, it's not yeah. fair. Like, she lives with a paralysis, so, like, they get to see Amelia all the time. Yeah. And, like, I, now I have to wait. And, like, I, like, was, I had rules. I was, like, you have to test negative for COVID, but at-home tests weren't a thing yet. So, like, my mom had to go to the doctor and be, like, my daughter just had a baby. Like, can you test me for COVID? And I made them wear masks, obviously. Um, and I made them quarantine as much as possible. And my grandmother, I think, I think I was like, oh, you have to do like the 10 day quarantine or whatever. And my grandmother wasn't going to hit 10 days by like the day they wanted to come over. And I was like, she shouldn't fucking do anything. Like it's my grandmother. Like, it's fine. Come over. And she, I thought she was going to cry when I told her she could come over. And she, Thank you so much. And so then I felt like an asshole for not wanting them to come over. Yeah. I mean, you were um, also being like protective of them for their germs and being yes. protective of your daughter. And, like, there's a lot yeah. of people living in that house at that time who were working yeah. and, like, yeah. I think that time in yeah, general I, was just bonkers. Oh, it was nuts. I was awful. I was like, Amy, you can't go anywhere except work. Kelly, I think, was still, like, Dairy Queen was still closed. So it was like, no one hang out with anybody. I don't care how many friends you have. You go to work. You come home. You don't take that mask off. <laughs> um, I was this way about my parents. I can't imagine if I had a child and I was like, I wouldn't let my siblings in my house. It wasn't my house. It was my parents. I was like, no one's coming over. Yeah. I mean, it's so scary. I think back on that. I'm like, we were Lysoling grocery bags. Like, Oh my God. I was so bad. at. I just, I, yep. Chlorine, like that, that was a terrifying time. And then to have a baby awful. who needs you to protect it from all the big bad yeah. germs. Like, I don't think I would have let anyone in my house. So you did an amazing job because yeah. <laughs> no one would have been allowed yeah, in my house. Like, to get back to the point of the sense of self thing, I, it was always like, I want, and even now it's still like, oh, how's Amelia? How's Amelia doing? I want to see Amelia. Amelia, Amelia, and like, I love Amelia. She is great. I think she's hilarious. I would love to share her with the world. But also, you can ask how I'm doing. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also exist. Um, I have feelings. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's very frustrating. Um, and there was a point in time where I was like, I feel like I am just Amelia's mom. Like I'm not Alicia anymore. I'm just Amelia's mom. And my therapist was like, those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Like, you can be both. Like, I know, but no one cares about me. <laughs> so then I started having, like, girls' nights with my friends. and Oh, I love that. To, like, yeah, trying to, like, go out to dinner, like, at least once a month. And, like, my aunt and I go out um, for breakfast once a month. And so I try to do things that are just for me. Um I love that. So that I, I kind of feel like, because like, I don't have any hobbies. Like, I, I don't do anything. I go to bed very early at night. <laughs> I don't have any, like, shows that I'm binging. So, like, those times where, like, I get to go out with my friends, 
um, or hang out with people are like very near and dear to me because that's like my Alicia time. I love that you have that scheduled though. Like you're like, you make sure you do it. Like that's huge. Cause, and it's not like a, oh, I'm, I'm getting to do this. It's like, no, I deserve this. I deserve to go out with my friends. I deserve to like have brunch with a family member one-on-one and just be like an individual for a little bit. And even if you end up spending the whole time talking about your wonderful, beautiful, adorable daughter, you're there on your own, eating what you want, eating at the pace you want, having a drink if you want. Like No one's asking for you yeah. for a bite of your food. Yeah, exactly. Or handing you a bite of their food that you don't want. <laughs> That's like slightly mushy because it's already been in their mouth. <laughs> Oh, it's the worst. It is the worst when she hands you, like, a cracker or a cookie and you think it's going to be, like, crunchy and then you put it in your mouth and it's it's a little <laughs> soft. It's the fucking worst. The worst. These are actually war stories from parents. Mm. I My my niece will hand me stuff and I'm like, thanks. Or she, like, gives it to me, like, for me to no, eat. You, and I'm you like, can't trust them. I pretend. And then yeah. she's like, okay. And goes eat it herself. I'm like, yeah, you keep that. <laughs> That's all you. The cookie oh, she had the other day in her hand. Oh, no. Amelia does this thing with chocolate. Like, if we break off, like, a little square of Hershey's for her. First of all, those squares are, like, they're not, what, they're a couple centimeters wide? Yeah. All over her face. I would have thought she had an entire bowl of chocolate ice cream. She doesn't, like, bite it. She just, like, sucks on it for a while until it, like, is melting because of the heat of her hand. Yeah. And then also because she's just like sucking on it, and then it's all over her fucking face. I'm like, what? Like, you how did one this piece happen? of chocolate. You had one piece of chocolate. She how painted did you make her this face. Of a map? <laughs> Nuts. Kids are kids can do amazing things with the smallest bit of food. <laughs> kids are amazing, but yeah. they're really gross. They're disgusting. Oh, they're so Ugh. gross. <laughs> no. Ew. Yeah. Bad food. It's like sink food. Ooh. Oh, gross. We need to put a trigger warning on this episode being like, if the word moist bothers you, don't listen. <laughs> That's our title, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Um, moist food. So I just want to get through the last few questions that we had for you. Um, and you've already given, like, so much advice for, like, people who might want to be parents or are going through this right now. Um, but do you have any other advice for individuals who are like are nervous about or experiencing postpartum specifically? Um, I would definitely say if you are not already seeing a therapist, try to find one. Um, like I said, Postpartum Support International has like a whole database of therapists who are because they I guess they kind of have to have like a certification um, to deal with like postpartum and prenatal mental health issues mm. um so they have a whole database of therapists um that have those certifications um by state town whatever um and you can just message a bunch of them all at the same time be like i need help or whatever um and my therapist my i did that when i was i was like at a really low point i messaged my therapist who i have now and I didn't hear back for like a very long time. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess therapy isn't for me. And then like the week before Amelia turned one, she emailed me back. She's like, I'm so sorry, this got lost in my inbox. I just found it. Do you still need service? And I was like, yes, I do. Please help me. Um, um, so definitely reach out to a therapist. If you feel like you need medication, don't be scared of medication. I was terrified of going on medication. 
um, I have friends who are on medication and I was like, how did you know it was the right decision? Like, how, like I'm terrified, blah, 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 blah. Um, don't be terrified. It is there to help you. Um, and reach out to your partners, reach out to your family, um, you know, whoever you're closest to. Like, I am really close with my in-laws, so, like, they saw a lot of me through my whole, you know, immediate postpartum period. Um, and I definitely leaned on them a lot, and I still do now. Um, yeah, don't be, this, it's so cheesy, but, like, don't be afraid to ask for help because it is so hard and it being a parent now is totally different than it used to be you know like when we were kids like it's it's totally different ball game um and there's so much information out there and it can be anxiety inducing and it can be overwhelming um so don't be afraid to ask for help don't be afraid to like follow the instagram pages read all the things like follow the Twitters, go on, you know, join mom talk or something. Um, yeah. Join those communities and, and like, yeah, hear from join other those people. communities, join those Facebook mom groups. Like uh, some of those groups are like the best that I've seen. Like it, it like moms, cause you can post anonymously in Facebook groups now. So people will just be like, I'm like really struggling. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like floods of moms being like, you've got this, like I've gone through the same thing, like blah, 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 blah. Like literally Love just that. like, type in moms of whatever state you live in and i'm sure there's probably five or six groups you could join um reach out to people that you went to high school with that have kids now and you're like how's your kid doing this is what i'm struggling with like i you know i was the first one to have a baby like in our friend group um and in my family so like i had no one to reach out to so like those group lifelines um reach out to me if you want. I love being the mom friend. I love giving advice. <laughs> I will do, because I, I didn't have anyone. Um, I mean, I've already told you, you're going to yeah. be yes. like my first phone call. will be like, is this normal? I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Call me with anything. Call me with your gross questions about pregnancy. Call me with your gross questions about breastfeeding. I don't care. I, I love it. I will tell you everything. And I will tell you that you're amazing and you're strong and you can freaking do this. Okay, now I'm going to cry. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> I am just like, I was going to add in and be like, say, like, don't be afraid to say what you're feeling because there's definitely someone else yeah, who's feeling someone that. Yes. And you yes. just saying like that, you, like you yourself, you're opening up to all of our million listeners <laughs> to come and talk to you. And I think that's huge. <laughs> but like, yeah, you. Yeah, just because like, chances are like the girl that you talked to three times in the last 10 years since you graduated from high school is probably going through the same thing you're going through yeah in your motherhood journeys and she doesn't know what the fuck is going on and you're reaching out being like hey you're doing a great job like i know you're struggling right now and you, we haven't talked in god knows how long but you're doing a great job like that's gonna make her weak like <laughs> well i think also like what well, we didn't even we didn't talk about you've mentioned social media like three times but like there is such a yeah. pressure to like be quiet about it and like no everything's fine everything's good post and, like, just the good family picture yeah Don't like post oh, the baby crying right like I got all my kids to sit down and take a picture and it's like the reality is that it was probably a forty five minute photo shoot of screaming and crying until the last two minutes and like yeah. I, I think the honesty of being able to just reach out to someone and be like hey I'm going through what you're going through and I know it's not all roses 
Also, if you didn't get your toddler dressed today out of their pajamas, but you changed their diaper and fed them, you are succeeding. Yeah, that is a success right there. Like, you don't you need to put them in an outfit. Like, feed them. They're fed. They're happy. They're warm. Like, it's okay. Yes. Um, the only reason I changed Amelia out of pajamas the other day was to change her into different pajamas because she <laughs> got her pajamas dirty eating, like, lunch or dinner or something. And I was like, you can't sleep in these. <laughs> That sounds like what I do for myself. I know. It's like, how right? often do I go from one pajama to my day pajamas? Like, night pajamas, day pajamas. <laughs> These are my work pajamas, and then I have, like, works over, so now I have night pajamas. I'm in my <laughs> leave the house pajamas right now. <laughs> Look, it's a different time. COVID changed things in a variety of ways. Comfy clothes matter. Yes. I love comfy clothes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I feel like this has been, like, such a wealth of knowledge regarding postpartum but also just like the journey of like becoming a parent and like working through that and finding your community um so just thank you so much thank you, you for welcome. i am so glad that i could come talk about i've been like waiting for this like every week i'm like next week two weeks like i was so <laughs> oh, I excited to come do this and talk about this um especially because something i don't know if either of you guys know this um a mom unfortunately experienced postpartum psychosis right in Duxbury. Yes, I've um, heard. So I have been like very excited to come on and talk about this um, just to make people more aware um, that, you know, everyone struggles. She looked like she had the perfect family, you know, but that social media as a highlight reel really hit hard for her mm -hmm. um but she had all the warning signs she was postpartum she had three kids under the age of five i think yeah um she had a very high stress job um so check on your friends check on your family um check on the girl that you haven't talked to in forever check on your co-workers um and all that stuff thank you yeah i think that's wonderful we can be each other's community supports I'm like there's no way to end this because it's just been so informative and like I'm not even a mom I might never be a mom but I've learned so much and you are going you your story you sharing is going to help so many people and thank you I hope so thank you for having me I appreciate you guys letting me ramble about my kid for an hour <laughs> <laughs> we were happy to yeah um, alright thank you everyone for listening and catch us next time Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at livelaughlorazepam and slide into our DMs to share your story or provide feedback. Make sure you subscribe. Call or text 988, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, for free and confidential support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress.